Welcome to the Adamantium Podcast, episode number 166. Welcome back, Adam Antimaniacs. I am your host, Adam R. Harrison, and thank you so, so much for tuning in today. We have an excellent episode in store for you today with a very, very talented artist from right here in Ontario, from a town called Leamington. His name is Billy Raful, and if he's not on your radar yet, then you will thank me because his music is like a sirloin steak for the ears. And Billy joined me right here uh, in the bird's nest, a.k.a. my kitchen, for a great interview, and it'll blow your mind the amazing people that he has worked with. He also has a brand new EP that just came out on March 24th. It's called I Wish You Were Here, so definitely go check it out. It's some of his best work so far. And I really enjoyed my time with Billy. He's a really easygoing, laid-back guy, uh, super easy to talk to. We even like continued chatting after the interview was over. He was asking me about some of the photos that are around my condo. As you might know already, I also do concert photography, so I have some prints up and around my place, and he was just admiring them and, and telling me some stories of people in the photos that he had worked with, which was really cool. And that's just the type of chill dude he is, so I am looking forward to introducing you guys to him in this episode. But before we get into the episode, let's do the Adamantium Recommend segment. So here are five songs by Billy Raful that I recommend that you could check out before or after the interview. And don't forget, you can find some of these and many others now in the Adamantium Recommends playlist on Apple Music. So starting with something new, I'm going to recommend two songs off that new EP, I Wish You Were Here. The first is a song called We Could Get High, and the second song is one called Bliss. And then going back to his 2020 EP titled A Few More Hours at YYZ, I recommend the song Swimming in the Deep End. And then from his 2018 EP entitled 1975, I recommend the song I'm Not a Saint. And then going back a year before that in 2017, I recommend what I think was his very first single. It's called Driver. And there you go. So you can check those out on whichever platform you choose to get your music. If you're an Apple Music user, you can check out the Adamantium Recommends playlist. And if you're new to the Adamantium podcast altogether, first of all, thank you so, so much for tuning in. We'd love for you to join us again sometime. So if you enjoyed today's episode, please do hit that subscribe button on whichever podcast network you choose to get your podcasts. You can also follow the Adamantium podcast on social media. We're on Instagram at the Adamantium, on Facebook at the Adamantium podcast, and on Twitter at Adam R. Harrison. And that's all I got to say today. So let's get into today's episode, which is episode 166 of the Adamantium podcast featuring Billy Raful of Leamington, Ontario. Enjoy the rest of your week, everybody. God bless. And you will hear from us again real soon. So thanks, Billy, for coming and joining us. Thank you for having yeah, me. Yeah, coming and sitting in my kitchen to have a chat. This is actually way more... It's better. It's, it's, it's I like it. It's homey. Literally homey. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, it's nicer than sometimes in a, a green room or something, or it's, Absolutely. it's full of... The, the one I always remember, I did one with Barnes Courtney, Yeah. and he was opening for the Wombats at the Danforth, so he literally had that like closet room okay. at the side, and there's literally like a knee-high couch there that we both 
squeezed on <laughs> with the computer between us. And so, yeah, this is definitely more comfortable. Absolutely. Yeah. We had, so one of the artists dubbed this the, the bird's nest. So now I call this the bird's nest. It really so, is, actually. Yeah. Especially the way it kind of sticks out. Yeah, it sticks out in the corner. So, I mean, now you just got a great view of, of construction. But <laughs> yeah. I love it, though. But anyways, thank you for, for coming here and joining me. Thank you. So, there, yeah, there's a lot of stuff I want to talk about. But let's... Um, one thing I found really interesting from you, and it's a good place to start right from the front, or from the beginning, is that you actually kind of come from a musical family too. Both your parents are For musicians. Sure. So tell me a little bit how this, how you got started in this life, and you know what your introduction to music was like. So um, first of all, thanks for having me. Um, and uh, yeah, I was a uh, born into a musical family. My father's been a musician long before I came along. Um, you know, uh, wrote his own music, writes his own music, and had a couple albums out before uh, I was born. So um, I uh, it's kind of like the family business, I guess right? Yeah, say, you know, took over the family nothing. business. My mom's a a writer, a painter, um, an artist in her own right. So there's, uh, um, yeah, if I would have done something outside of the arts, I probably would have been like. The outcast of family, <laughs> like, uh, right, right. It uh, um, wasn't pushed on me, but it was definitely like welcomed, right. You know, encouraged. Once you, once yeah. I started picking up um, the guitar and and writing songs and singing, it's quite the opposite of like most yeah, kids. As soon yeah. as they say, "Oh, I want to join a band," and uh, <laughs> super super fortunate, to yeah, be, like yeah. Um, able to see it firsthand and see course, what goes into yeah. it every aspect of it um, does your dad still yeah still absolutely. record oh cool yeah. he um I don't want to get it wrong but I feel like this would be his seventh or eighth record oh, that he's wow. working okay. on now yeah um he's uh still gigging constantly um he's got like Pretty a circuit cool. that he does around do you, you guys know, ever do anything together or? well in fact he uh he opened the horseshoe show oh really <laughs> yeah unbelievable yeah um, so we um, that's really cool once it was sold out we thought it'd be a cool like uh, yeah thing it to really announce special for afterwards you. yeah and say yeah. like hey my dad's gonna come do a 30 minute intimate like acoustic set yeah um i've opened for him right ton of times over the years yeah. starting when i was like i want to say 15 or 16 i did it for the first time and yeah that was like a big step for me and yeah. getting in front of people and um yeah obviously super lucky to to be in that situation also great for someone to kind of show you the ropes of Absolutely. you know even performance or playing in front of people and yeah yeah yeah, um, yeah. It's, it's you have to be like resilient to mm -hmm. do it for as long as he has and i think that's one of the main things i've taken away from it like right. there's so many peaks and valleys i know it's uh, overused and oversaid, but in this business, it's definitely not right uh, for the faint of heart kind of thing. Yeah, what? When did you start writing your own songs? I think I was like, I picked up the guitar at ten. Okay. It was like the first time I, got, I first guitar I got. Okay, at ten years old. Um, Do you remember what kind of guitar it was? Yeah, it was a Fernandez. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. my dad's ha had dozens of guitars around right. the house. Um. That was the first one I remember on my tenth birthday. He, he like, bought me him and my okay. mom bought me, and it was uh, a unique, a super unique guitar. It was like it's got this weird kind of half moon shape almost to it to okay. the body. It had a 
built-in amplifier. It was an electric guitar. Oh. And I had a little speaker on board that was powered by like a 9-volt battery. Okay. And it had a bay of like a hundred different guitar sounds. Oh. Hilarious. Like there It's was, almost like uh like like the V drums but for a guitar. It was literally <laughs> the worst thing if you want. If it was learning guitar, you give them this thing, it's like there's a Van Halen sound and a right. Jimi Hendrix sound, Metallica, like this. Yeah. And it's all so like just ear piercing coming out of this little right. little four inch speaker on the actual body of the guitar. Yeah. Uh, it had a union jack on it. And Amazing. Big Beatles nuts in the hood. Yeah. Uh, in the house, so like, um, I was pretty, I was pretty. I was on that. when I was in high school. I asked my dad to buy me a Jackson, yeah, a yeah, Jackson yeah. Kelly and a Line Six amp yeah. because the same thing. It had all the built-in. I was yeah. like, just wanted to play Iron Maiden and Metallica songs in the basement. There you go. <laughs> probably my parents probably regretted. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's not as tough, I guess, as if your kids learn a violin, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, a fiddle. That's. Really? At least you, I think you could, I never did, but I think there was a headphone jack Okay. <laughs> on, yeah. on the actual guitar. I never did. Things easier. I never did. The um, ceiling would be shaking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's cool. And what were some of your like original influences? Um, well, everything kind of filtered through my dad, right? Okay. Like, um, uh, oh, and sorry to answer, I was about 12 when I started writing those songs. I just got on the guitar there. Um, the, uh, Unique thing was that like, I grew up hearing his interpretation. Even though he was Usually. writing his own music, singing his own songs, he made a, a living playing these bar gigs. Mm. That's how he got started. Four, five, six nights a week, playing four hours a night, and all these classic rock covers. And okay. Starting with the Beatles, and you know, moving forward from there, and like, uh, covering songs by these like iconic songwriters and iconic voices almost all of them I heard his version before I'd hear theirs mm -hmm. you know obviously we'd play CDs around the house when I was young but yeah. like more than that I'd hear him singing these songs yeah um, to a fault to the point where like I'd be thinking some of these were his songs right um, like an, for an embarrassing amount of time <laughs> in my teens when I'd yeah. hear the originals of some of these these tunes that I'm like I'd heard him sing hundreds of times yeah so yeah you know like it was cool too because he, he's, he's so good at, at um, emulating um, these different voices and mm -hmm. like uh, even though there was still a, a, like his voice in there as well yeah. but I could hear him wearing the hat of like of course yeah these different singers it really affected the way that I approach singing yeah because uh, I think when you start to sing you're listening to something, you mm -hmm. know, no, I, I think it takes someone a minute to find their voice, years even, um, and uh, you're like a combination of your favorite things. Right. So I was a combination of what I like to listen to on my own, mm -hmm. and then my dad's melting pot of um, all these other singers. Yeah. Um, I think it just gives you this unique approach to, to what you're trying to sound like. When you guys have like family reunions is it like a big sing-along oh I mean <laughs> no it, it's it's not really because it's, okay. it's every time every other time it is right uh, okay. it's not doesn't need to be a all right like let's bust out the guitars this Thanksgiving or whatever right. it's it's actually like that every time we're home right whenever we're together uh, we're playing music so the holidays might be the only time when we're not <laughs> right gotcha yeah. there was I think I read about 
some time where you, like, while you were super young, too, you got to go and work with Kid Rock or something? Yeah, like, it's kind of like how I got started into okay. this whole thing. Like, yeah, so tell uh, me how that... Professionally, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I was, how old were you at the time? I was... Jeez, I want to get it right. 2013. It's like 10 so years 10 ago. years ago. Yeah. Jeez. Um, but it was the end of the year, so I would have been 19. Just, okay. Just having turned 19, probably. Um, and I'd been playing bar gigs for a few years before that. Okay. Um, pretty regularly, doing the same thing my mm -hmm. dad was doing, just getting started, you know. And um, my dad um, had has this friend named Marlon Young, um, mm -hmm. who's also uh, a collaborator of his. He produced my dad's. Um, record from 2004 called Like a Star and Marlon's also a songwriter guitar player musical director for Kid Rock so um, he would like write these songs for Kid and then have my dad come in and, and sing them okay like a, kind of like a hired gun come in gotcha you know like uh, I wonder he wants to present this song to Kid and he wants a voice on it to, 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 hear to you know like really bring it to life and my dad was that guy so my dad would go and do those um, and he brought me along, um, I don't know, summer, fall of 2013, somewhere in Okay. And they had me go in and sing a couple, he had like three or four songs, my dad did two of them. They're like, I got these other ones that might suit your voice going, I, I did them. Um, they liked what they heard and then said, uh, do you have any original music? And I mm -hmm. played, I played a little like two minute song that I had written on the acoustic guitar and yeah. videotaped it and um, sent it to uh, a guy named Ken Levitan who um, runs Vector Management in Nashville. It got me down to Nashville that uh, almost immediately after that and uh, I signed a management contract with him and that's kind of how everything yeah. started at the time at Ken been, and Kevin, my managers. It's been a pretty surreal experience. Yeah, it was like good. 19, yeah. It was pretty cool. I was uh, super, super excited. Yeah. <laughs> I remember Kid Rock was like one of the first CDs I ever owned. The mm -hmm. Devil Without a Cause. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was, I had to hide it from my parents because I wasn't sure. supposed to have it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but. It was, so it was, it was kind of funny because I've, I've never actually met him, but it's a constant story that... Yeah, oh. I met him when I was a kid. Right. My dad did shows with him and, and I might have met him briefly, but like... You never actually like him. No, it had nothing. Uh, it, it's it's funny how these things happen. But yeah. It, yeah. Had we not been there singing the songs for him. It never, yeah. 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 It's funny the way life works, right? Um, one thing we actually kind of touched on a little bit before we, we started running this, but your debut album, one thing I found really interesting, that International Hotel one. Yeah. Um, you recorded with two microphones in your girlfriend's the kitchen or... Bedroom. Or bedroom, yeah. Right. It had this kind of like... It's just like it, 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 it's almost like two rooms so it's like yeah. a side area and that was in, in Leamington right yeah. and so tell me tell me what made you decide to go this route of just kind of doing it yourselves at home rather than in a studio or so it um, it's during the pandemic um, okay so that's, yeah <laughs> I had been releasing music with Interscope for three plus years at this point writing music mm -hmm. for Interscope for almost six years at this point yeah and um, the release of everything was very sporadic and mm -hmm. like hurry up and wait 
we right. stored songs for years before mm -hmm. they came out and it was like one song wait six months one song. it was way slower than it even is now mm -hmm. you just go, go one song a month kind of thing um, and when the pandemic hit I was like I'm working with um, my longtime collaborator and friend Justin Zaccato, uh, who lived the county over, so it's okay. like 30 minutes, not even 25 minutes from Leamington. And um, we were just doing this record for fun. Okay. We were like, and it wasn't International Hotel, it was this rock album of mm -hmm. like our, our favorite kind of music, two gotcha. guitars, bass and drums. I'd play one guitar, he'd play the other. Okay. Uh, he'd, lay down the bass and the drums and I did the singing and it was just the rock band but even though there was only two of us and we made um, ten, of, 10 of these songs this okay. whole album right before everything the kind of shut down we were right. working on this right and one of the songs the, the last song on this 10 song fake album that we were just making purely for fun yeah. right um, was an acoustic track and I had for that one I had recorded it in this bedroom mm -hmm. um, and sent to him that day not because we couldn't get together just I had been inspired done it sent it to him yeah. and, but it, it started this process of like hey we can I can record shit these simple tracks and send them to you and we can actually make them sound pretty good yeah once you know he mixes them and um, <clears throat> so we had this rock album with this one acoustic track then everything shuts down and now we actually <laughs> can't be in the same room together right. to record the, the bigger rock, songs yeah. And I'm like, but we have this acoustic song, and it feels really good, and we don't need to do uh, anything. We don't even leave the house, mm -hmm. <laughs> really. Right. Uh, that first song was ironically not on international, <laughs> um, yeah. but it sparked everything. Right. Uh, and then we did twenty of them. Yeah. I did twenty songs. Like, hey, I would send them to him almost every day, and then, and sometimes he'd be on a roll and knock two of them out in a day. Right. Adding light harmony, some string production. Um, one of them does have a little bit of percussion, but for the most part, just really mixing these vocal and acoustic performances that mm -hmm. I'm sending with an SM7 and a 57 and that's it. And uh, yeah, then we had 20 of them and we picked 13, I think, and then I wrote two more and we kicked two of them out and then, then the whole thing was done. Wow. Um, yeah. An interesting process. Yeah, and the Especially song that started it all was a song called Jim Carrey that just was right, released just really, which I, separately, um, but that was... That was the one you first wrote? Yeah, for? that was the one that was like the acoustic track at gotcha. the end of the rock record mm -hmm. that ended up being... Now, one thing I want to ask too, when you were talking about this rock, when, when Aaron and I first started talking about doing this interview, um, it was around the time you released We Could Get High. Yeah. Was that one of the songs that was supposed to be on it's the that? second song on the rock record? That's supposed to be on so the rock it's record. coming to this point now where I'm like piecing out that album and maybe it gets uh, released gotcha. in its its uh, entirety. Yeah. Um, so you guys are still hoping to finish that project? I would love to. I mean, there's there's other tracks on that on that ten song rock record, whatever you want to mm -hmm. call it, um, that I'm hoping we get to so that we can. It'd be cool to like. Because we kept it going, like after right. International Hotel was done, I wrote these two songs called Homegrown and Western Skies, yeah. almost immediately after the, the album started to come up, because it felt so good, even though it wasn't this like commercial record, it was like a bedroom, you know, but it it, it, it had this cohesion that just was so inspiring, right. it was like a moment of like, 
this three week period where we're just going to make this thing and now it's out and it's everything bleeds into it yeah. each other and it feels good right so I wrote another one um, another 10 songs called yeah. Olympus we didn't put it out um, on streaming services only homegrown western skies went yeah, to streaming yeah. services but that, that album in its entirety is on YouTube okay another really cohesive 30 minute record just like International it's out just like the rock record right and they really these passion projects, projects were there yeah. you know cool that, um, that song We Could Get High I read that it was uh, very inspired by Bruce Springsteen yeah. and also your high school girlfriend yes so tell us tell us how that song came came together well yeah so Justin and I were making these songs drums bass guitar mm -hmm. very Springsteen inspired Tom Petty um, you know some of the Beatles heavier Beatles records um, yeah and I, I don't know exactly where I was when I wrote I think I was in Nashville I think I was in the kitchen playing guitar okay. when I started working on the song there's a Bruce Springsteen track um, off of Greetings from Asbury Park called For You okay um that has this kind of like vocal cadence that I was really subconsciously enamored with when I was working on the song. So okay. if you look closely, maybe there's some similarity there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't know how I, originally the song was, and this might be getting into too much, was we could get out. Okay. And uh, Bianca, my girlfriend, and we did in high school as well, um, was the student body prime minister. Okay. So that's where that kind of comes from. And we could get out, it was more like skipping school, we could get out of the thing. And the, the joke in the in the bridge of the song was that, oh, who am I getting, who do we have to answer to if you're the prime minister? Right. Kind of um, obviously that doesn't, if you're the student body prime minister, you can't get away with skipping school, that's not how it works. Yeah. But it was just a cheeky kind of like joke, I guess. Right, in the, in the oh, that's cool. Um, and when we went over to Germany in April, of last year mm -hmm. um, I don't know why I decided to have the band learn this song but we just did and the response to it live sparked okay. the release of it because it was so it was such a good moment in the set every yeah. night uh, probably the best moment in the set and that's because everyone was singing that riff the we could get high vocal riff right but I was singing we could get out yeah <laughs> um, and I don't know it's just the way maybe it sounds um coming out of your mouth you think that it's hot that you think that it was high but i was saying out and even my band like derek on the drum set was like dude it's, you were saying we could get high right and i'm like yeah. no it's not it's we could get high. Uh, it's an out kind of thing that you, yeah but you don't really hear it till the end and i'm like fuck i'm oh, sorry it That's should fine. it should be <laughs> called it should be called high that makes yeah. way more sense um so I changed it based on how the people in the yeah. were singing it back to me. It's one of those, it's funny, it's like, you always hear those stories of how different people interpret different songs, and it's mm -hmm. like, literally, it ended up almost changing the actual... The did change. And I have such a bad habit of that, man. Like, yeah? in the 11th hour, I'll have this song that's really abstract and only makes sense to a, one part of my brain, right. but it feels good. Okay. And then in the eleventh hour, I'll try and tie it together like a movie. Right. I'll be okay. like, ah, okay, but it needs to. And I'll be changing shit. And my brother Peter, um, who's also a musician and, and a great songwriter, um, is normally my anchor in the sense that 
I'll always run them by him. Okay. 90% of the time, I shouldn't be changing them. Right, right. I shouldn't be trying to make it all make sense. And he's a good one of saying, don't do that. You're stupid. Just keep it the way it is. Trust yeah. me. Trust yeah. me. Um, but then 10% of the time, maybe, some of them squeak through. So Yeah. yeah. Um, the video, too, is really cool because you got to use, a lot, or your family made it. And yeah, yeah. You got to use a lot of your family in the video. Yeah. Tell me, that must have been a fun experience for it you. It was guys. awesome. The... Uh, um, video was directed by my good friend Jesse DeFlorio from mm-hmm. Los Angeles. He, well, from New Jersey. He came to town and he'd been talking about coming to Leamington forever and we finally did it. And we needed actors for the video. Or something. Yeah. Um, my stepmother, Bridget's a great actress. Um, and uh, my siblings, like Kate and Judah, both yeah. starring, my younger siblings, star on the video. And, um, and my dad's in it for a minute. I think like, and then in the bar we needed bodies, so it was like, put up something on my Facebook, not even Instagram, yeah. it's like on my Facebook, getting my cousins and everybody involved. It's, it's so much more fun when you It is, and it you know, feels more lighthearted, and you could kind of tell even just watching it too, that yeah. everyone's kind of having fun making it, and it's cool, I really enjoyed it. We did it in an afternoon, it wasn't, um, yeah, right. it was easy. Well, usually you find that people are making these like music videos because the budgets are, you know, they do make them in an afternoon, but it's like a very stressful long afternoon. <laughs> I mean, we've had every, yeah. um, you know, version of it I've done. Oh, yeah. uh, and there's no wrong way. No. My first music video I did from like my first single ever was this massive production. Okay. Um, Which one was that? For Driver. Okay, yeah. Like we had a team of... Um, people there who were like a grappling team like helping me because I was up on wires flipping through the air which yeah. which uh, props to pink is not yeah. is not at all like it's about a thousand percent harder than it looks it um, yeah. I was sore for like a week for oh. doing one day of this <laughs> yeah. I don't even know and then she sings too I don't know how, how yeah I saw pink once and I was that's like, insane it's, yeah I was like so much happening at once and like and how are you singing through all of it <laughs> no in the harness you were in, like yeah i did it for like seven hours yeah and i no no joke felt it for like a week oh yeah um i bet anyway yeah so those are bigger things like they obviously cost a lot of money and yeah there's a big crew involved and then sometimes it's just but you're still squeezing it all in yeah, like one day yeah there's no like, uh there's no right way or wrong no, way to do it. no absolutely yeah. not you mentioned the song to uh, Western Skies, yeah. which uh, like it's not last year anymore, two years ago, 2021, you won a SoCan Songwriting Prize. Yeah. So tell me what, do you get to choose like what song you submit to that or, or they picked it? What, it, was the how coolest, did that all... it was the coolest thing ever. And, okay. Um, I know awards shouldn't give you validation or, or you know, like it shouldn't, it shouldn't like, that shouldn't be why you're doing it, right? Mm. Um, but that was one of those songs that I wrote right after International Hotel. Again, only wrote it because of how good that record felt to make. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was so inspiring that it just rolled into the next one. And Justin and I made it for nothing, like just for yeah. for fun, literally. And uh, yeah, like it went to DSPs only because it had the other one homegrown. And we mm-hmm. so we only put it up on Spotify. I don't know why. I don't know why we did because the whole record as a whole, it's called Olympus, only right. went to YouTube. And had we not put it 
out on Spotify, SoCan would have never, it would have never been right. registered. They would have never found it. Um, there was no submission process. It was the coolest thing. I put wow. them out independently. I had just parted ways with Interscope and um, with Interscope Records, and it was the first release. They were kind enough to let me put out songs like immediately afterwards. Yeah. Normally you have to, to wait a little okay. bit. Um, and I put it out like three weeks after that. And uh, I got a email from from uh, SoCan saying, "Hey, like, we need all the writing information for this song. Like, we need every we need all the label copy. It's called like we need everything um, to know about it." And I'm like, "Why?" Yeah. And uh, it was a real weird email, kind of yeah. blue. I'm like, "What's going on?" And they're like, "You'll find out shortly." And I'm like, "Okay, now I really want to know." Yeah, something. yeah. And it ended up being that it was nominated for this award, and then uh, it ended up winning. This is yeah really cool so what happened like you know like it's, it's not but it's nice uh you know assurance you're you're well, doing the right thing you know the, you know it's the oh, it's it, like i finally i got on this path of like i was i felt like i was in this machine of being really methodical and strategic with when the yeah. songs came out right we stockpiled mm -hmm. hundreds of songs and we were releasing songs based on timing and and an angle and everything yeah and then in the fall of 2020 when international tell came out and this other record it was based purely on just the love of it right and then for that song to be recognized not it has nothing to do really with the award right. or whatever it's just the fact that hey people it doesn't matter it doesn't matter how much money you spent on previous mm. recordings or what the release was like or right. the splash or what or what you know how many people even heard mm. it. it has nothing to do with that it's at the end of the day, it's just art, and you, if you put it out for the right reasons, people are going to find it one yeah, way or another. That's true. And then, does anything like once you win it, is it just like, like, great work, keep going? Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. it was like uh, the the coolest thing was they gave me a keyboard, one okay, one, a, an amazing keyboard amazing, uh, yeah. that uh, that I've been writing on. So okay. it just more songs more songs yeah right and okay an encouragement part to of the live on. show and, yeah and, uh, that's cool I'm, yeah like super super grateful to be in the conversation yeah, yeah amazing so the now the latest single you put out at the end of December Jim Carrey yeah um, very kind of cool song um, seems to be about a you know a love past yeah yeah and there's the the reference to eternal sunshine of the yeah. mind um but what made you name, like, what made you actually name, like, what made you name it Jim Carrey? Because it's not, obviously it's not about him. No, it's not. But it's not. like, so, well, you know, when you're choosing a title out of all the things it could have been, like, could have been, like, never, never there or something. Could have been, like, a, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, what made you think that that's stuck as the title? I don't, as being a fan, I love when other artists do that. Okay, yeah. I guess. Um, I love when people's name songs after people okay um i always had i thought it was very hip and cool yeah yeah <laughs> like to name uh like when the arkells put out jackson square and right. had john lennon on it I'm like, right. this song's gotta be fucking cool because yeah. it's called john lennon so i'm gonna go check it yeah, out yeah yeah you just do uh clint eastwood yeah um noah gunderson has uh robin williams i'm pretty sure that's yeah. the name of the song okay there's a great lyric in that song but yeah when i heard that at grammy um, Phoebe Bridgers has Demi Moore, which I don't know how that song's called that. And it, it, it kind of sounds like she says her name in the chorus, but yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. 
I don't know, but it's always been like okay. grabbing to me. Yeah. I want to hear. And I, I talked to some people after I wrote it and I talked to my girlfriend about it. I was like, Kate Winslet's in that movie just as much as Jim Carrey. Like, right. I, why am I picking, you know? Right. And then I they told, told you, myself it was a Canadian like, thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was just the name of the voice note, too. Yeah. In my, before the whole idea was flushed out, before maybe, the whole chorus was written. Maybe you can get, I mean, didn't Jim just do a, a thing on The Weeknd's album or something? He did. And, yeah. and uh, I saw that and we were getting ready to hand in everything for this song and I'm like ah oh, there's no way he's gonna do two of those yeah in the same year as if I'm like, you know, as if that yeah. was now just every artist is calling him to make a, an appearance on their album yeah so there's like this Jim Carrey fan account Jim Carrey News okay on, on Instagram uh and it started sharing the song <laughs> oh really yeah. but on first glance I'm thinking I'm like, it just says Jim Carrey shared your thing so I'm like I know um, that he's not, he's unplugged from the from right, most yeah. of social media, but it was like two in the morning and I saw it pop up and had a little mini heart attack. I was like, yeah. cause that's the goal with the, of course. for sure is yeah. that Jim. I don't even, he could hate it for right. sure. Um, but just, but just it. <laughs> to, or to, to know that he heard it would, yeah. be, would be so cool. I'm sure he has. No, I don't know, man. I'm I sure he has like the name. Yeah. That's the goal. I need yeah. to figure it out somehow. Well, if 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 I ever get the chance, I'll ask him. <laughs> there it is. There I'll it ask is. him. Um, the first thing I ever heard uh, from you was was the Born to Die project that you oh, did amazing. with JJ Wild. I'm a big fan of JJ Wild. So likewise. Yeah, and so um, that was the first time I had heard your name and started listening to your music, um, and I love that that EP you guys did together. Thank you. Um, tell me a little bit about the relationship you guys have and how that kind of came together and how your <clears throat> careers maybe paralleled. Or... Yeah, so um, our managers, um, who are now one, okay. our managers, our companies got right. married. Okay. <laughs> and I'm not talking about this merged or just, yeah. yeah, just happened. Um, at the time, I didn't know that's what was going on. But, okay. uh, my manager, Kevin, was like, hey, um, I was going to Los Angeles to play Hotel Cafe. And they're like, you're there for the day. There's this artist from Canada. Um, and I admit I wasn't fam familiar with JJ. Mm -hmm. um, I had heard her song, but I didn't know it was her. Mm -hmm. I had heard The Rush. The Rush, like, yeah. This is a great song, and her voice is incredible. Mm -hmm. But I didn't put two and two together yet. Anyway, they're like, our manager's just speaking. We should write together. It'd be fun, right? And we are both in LA for the day, so... She was there for a lot longer, but I was coming in. And uh, before my show at Hotel Cafe, um, we had this Airbnb, Kevin and I. She came by, met for the first time. Hey, how's it going? Want to write a song? We chatted for like an hour, then got born to die down after that in okay. about the same amount of time. And, oh really? Uh, it was pretty cool. Uh, the song or the whole? The whole song. Yeah, the, the whole song was just because there was what about. Four? Uh, four? Three. Three. three songs so how the other two yeah. worked was, was kind of fun. It was like, it was only supposed to be one song. So you wrote Born to Die first. Wrote Born to Die. Um, we, uh, after that, we were passing it back and forth, going through ideas of what this it could sound mm -hmm. like. Then it turned into, I don't even know at first if it was going to be like, hey, do you want the song or am I going to use it or what, what, what the right. deal is. I don't think we had really discussed any of that it was okay. so just natural it was okay. really cool we st we're talking about some of our favorite songwriters song concepts 
um, life and death. Um, I, ha- I had this little concept in my phone. We were we were going back and forth, and then I think we were talking with Jason Isbell at the time, and uh, the song just came about so naturally. Okay. Um, and uh, so there was no agenda. We didn't. We weren't worried about like, hey, we need to write four of these. Or right. We need to make sure it's an EP or mm-hmm. nothing like that. When the idea was solidified that it was going to be an EP and we we're going to record this together, I brought one song and she brought a song. So she brought in uh, "Let Me Go." Okay. And I brought "Colors." Okay. And then that's when it became a like multiple. Cool. Yeah, that's really cool thing. Very cool. And I only have one last question oh, yeah. about that kind of thing. How did the Avicii song come about? Um, you be loved. Yeah, that was a surreal experience. I imagine, well. yeah. Because um, at the time, he was like one of the biggest artists on the planet. Yeah. yeah. We were yeah. newly signed, not newly signed. I was, because we were working on music, but um, I was writing for my first release with Interscope. Um, and um, I got put into this room with. Um, a good friend of mine named Pilo, okay. phenomenal singer, or phenomenal songwriter and singer too. The <laughs> teasel um, and Germ. Okay. Uh, and it was like one of my favorite co-writing experiences. With these two guys, and we were in Los Angeles. Um, I'll never forget. We're on Blue Jay Way, um, like the Beatles song. Okay. And uh, so we we were writing for my record. We wrote the song called I See You. Um, which was uh, at the time it was called You and finished it and then uh, Pilo's manager uh, last he came by and was like hey this is like really good like uh, feels like it's got like a Kygo kind of vibe okay uh, I bet Kygo would really really dig this and then uh, he sent it to to Kygo somehow mm-hmm. I don't know how but, um, and before I knew it, like we had a Kygo exactly. version, yeah. like with his production and yeah, his, yeah. his hands all over it, and um, that was gonna set to be released. So we we're like, whoa! All of a sudden, I have this feature on a Kygo record. Yeah. Um, I don't have a release yet. I have not oh, no, yeah, no, nothing under point. my name yet. Right. So I'm kind of like super excited, also super nervous yeah. that my first thing is gonna be this dance track dance, that I'm yeah. like a huge fan of, but. I don't People know if that's actually that me. Yeah, order. exactly. What's the? Uh, I get back to Nashville, and I get a phone call to say, "Hey, uh, Avicii's coming to Nashville to do some writing." <laughs> and I'm like, "What, what the fuck's going yeah, on?" Yeah, <laughs> we have a we have a Kygo recording. Yeah, and I'm gonna get to work with. Him. I'm over the moon. I'm so excited. I don't yeah. know what to expect, but at the same time, I'm like, I don't know anything about that world or that kind of music or what right. goes into it. Why am I? Why do, why do you want to work well and he's like well you know we had and I don't know if this was exactly the reason but like you know we have this this Kygo track we have uh, uh, a, a great group of songwriters we want to get together with you just did one kind of like let's just do another one yeah kind of thing um, obviously this experience was a a lot more wild just because it was in the actual room with, with Tim and like yeah. getting to uh throw ideas back and forth and uh, we met at House of Blues in Nashville in the studio and uh, we uh, yeah it was like uh, an afternoon me him um, uh, Nathan Chapman and Hillary Lindsay the mm-hmm. four of us and I brought my like little 
amplifier and my, my red Telecaster that I take everywhere. Yeah. It was the same guitar I used on the Kygo recording, so I'm like, okay. we gotta use it again. It just became the, the thing, and uh, yeah. Next thing you knew, yeah. We, we only had a left with a guitar vocal that day. That could, like, that, that's likely, too, one of the last things he probably even worked on. Like. Well, it's kind of crazy. That EP, I think, was the last thing he released. Really? Um, but we ended up getting together another two times after that. At, oh, really? At his, um, it was like full circle because it ended up being on the same street where, where okay. the, the Cairo record was where he lived. It's like insane. Um, and uh, yeah, I ended up going there and working with him on two other songs that never, yeah, obviously never saw the light of day. But, um, wow. Yeah, it's surreal. Cool yeah, surreal very experience. surreal experience. Um, I mean, one one to kind of wrap things oh, yeah. up in a full package here. Um, like one thing I did notice when I was going through your catalog is you do kind of consistently put out music. And um, so, just tell me what's what's next for you. What's the next project you're hoping to to work on and, and get so out to people's ears? We have um, an EP coming. Okay. Um, March 24th it's like then that's the next uh, I think I think that's I'm allowed to say that I think it's right I think it's already out there in the universe right <laughs> um, and the if EP, not I'm sure I'll get a okay. message about it later <laughs> yeah. the EP is called <laughs> yeah. I wish you were here yeah. which okay. is a, a piano ballad that is, is was released in uh, November and is um, the title track of the okay the of the EP, EP. yeah that's cool. six, six songs six song EP yes very nice. And then, what about do you? Are you think that that rock project's gonna? Oh, I'm gonna maybe? get it out there one way or another. I mean, okay. uh, we could get high is also on the CD. On, so yeah. oh, okay. And so is Jim Carrey. So two of the we're at twenty percent of that record being gotcha. out, being out there already. Um, okay. You know, I would uh, definitely we're gonna try and get more of it of it out there. Cool, man. Any plans to tour the oh, summer or? Absolutely. Um, and uh, I'm in the in the moment right now, about to start a uh, uh, tour across the U.S. with American Authors. Cool. Um, awesome. yeah. That's next week, and then uh, we're gonna do some headline dates in Ontario and in Quebec um, with the band. Um, go over to Europe, and at the end of spring, um, just before June, we go do like Germany and Amsterdam and I believe there's gonna be some more announced on that and we're doing uh, a bunch of festivals um, in the in the GTA and in the area awesome the summer as well as it's gonna be a busy year <laughs> some more stuff to be announced yeah, yeah. there's uh, we're gonna to tour more this year I think than I ever have awesome I'm just judging by how it uh, how the first half of it's shaping up that's great so plenty of opportunities for whoever's listening to, to go and check you yes. out cool man well, again, thank you for, for coming by today. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, all the best, man. The Adamantium. Thank you for tuning in to the Adamantium Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd absolutely love for you to subscribe to us on whichever platform you listen to your podcasts. I'd also love to see you on social media. You can follow on Instagram at The Adamantium, on Facebook at The Adamantium Podcast, and on Twitter at Adam R. Harrison. Thank you again so much for listening.